You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop, the podcast that's a little bit of everything with a K-Pop twist. From pop culture critiques to the history of K-Pop to interviews with people in the K-Pop industry and K-Pop artists themselves, to concert and album reviews, to a deep dive into the discographies of different K-pop artists, to K-pop news updates, to stories about the music industry more broadly. This show tries to cover everything about K-pop and K-pop as it applies to the larger music and concert scenes. Visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com for more information about the show. That's 17-C-A-R-A-T-K-P-O-P-dot-W-E-E-B-L-Y-dot-C-O-M. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop, but especially hello and welcome back to my fellow N-Citizen, because it is 127 Day. So happy 127 Day. This year's is especially cool because it's the same backwards and forwards. It's 1-27-21, or the other way around. This is the only time where I will allow for the weird USA spelling of the date where we put the month before the day for some reason. This is the only time I'm allowing that. Happy 127 day. We will have a lot more to say about NCT, not today on the show, but coming up. I'm saving the next NCT talk episode of the show for when the new album I've really spent a lot of time with. So, wait for Loveholic, but... It's coming. Anyway, today's episode is a headline roundup. Not my yays and nays like usual, but just overall. I'm gonna go over the top 10 stories you should be paying attention to right now in the world of K-pop. Gotta talk about a weird criminal case, talk about a new album announcement, some disbandments, and other contract-related news about BN's futures, an iconic rock star undergoing a weird investigation right now, the latest from the show Kingdom, who's slated to be part of it, Blackpink's upcoming concert event, lots to get to. So, without further ado, number one on my list. Enoi, E-N-O-I, the boy band has officially disbanded. They had only been a band since 2019, and I was excited to see what direction they would go going forward. I admittedly was not the biggest fan of their debut single, but... Cheeky, that was exciting for me. I was excited to see that Grimm's fairy tale inspired concept going forward. I thought they had a lot in store for the future, and it's sad that their future was cut so short with this disbandment. The company confirmed their disbandment in a statement issued January 22nd, and they cited just differences they couldn't get over. They had been in long talks with the members about the future of the group and couldn't agree on a creative direction. So three members actually are just leaving the company entirely, but the other four plan to stay in the company, but do agree that the band itself is disbanding, is no more. So I do wonder if, this is not actually uncommon in K-pop, if these boys, the remaining ones with the company, will just totally rebrand and rename themselves and reinvent themselves and stay a band and just stay a smaller band and become a brand new band. That's what I'm wondering, not what I'm predicting, because although they did not cite this in their statement, I do have a suspicion that part of the reason they had to disband was financial, because with these smaller companies, they often focus on one main artist. You know them for one main artist, so DSP Media Card is probably most well-known. Happy Face Entertainment, Dreamcatcher is the main artist we know from that company. Be Interactive is home to Ace, etc., etc. When you can't make money with that artist, then you, you're not making money, at least comparatively to what you could be if you were allowed to still travel and go on international tours, and none of that can happen right now, 
especially with younger, just starting out rookie groups like them, it's so important for their long-term success to build up those intimate relationships with fans early on by having small intimate venue shows and stuff, and those are not being a thing right now. So with the lack of touring and lack of overall artist visibility, these smaller companies are financially really hurting, and so I guess I should have seen this coming. What's most interesting to me about this statement, though, is the last sentence, which says, please continue to support the four members of the band and list the other, and then they list the other names of the members who are leaving the company. So it's interesting that they describe the members in the statement as still being members of the band, even though they're also saying disbandment. In better contract news, Mamamoo will probably renew their contracts with RBW Entertainment. Two of the members have already decided to renew theirs officially, and the other two are still considering, but the statement gives me a lot of hope. They said, quote, we expect to yield a good result, unquote, when talking about Wien and Huasa who are still deciding. We are expecting a good result? When a company says that, as they tend to edge on the side of caution when releasing statements like this, that is very promising and exciting. In even more big company news, Team Wayne, Jackson Wayne from GOT7's company, is now partnering with Sublime Artist Agency, not just a short-term partnership, but a long-term one. They are both not just like a PR leg of a company or the day-to-day -day management leg of a company. They are all of it. A one cohesive company that does all of those different functions for an artist. So to have a company that multifaceted merge with another company that's that multifaceted, this could really lead to huge global success for those artists. Number four is another contract-related story. On the last Headline Roundup-themed episode of the show, we talked about NCH and CJ, the two companies that are in a feud over their joint partnership that's not going well of the boy band T.O.O., which has led to the delayed album release, but I don't think the wait will be much longer. NCH issued a statement giving the latest update about this case, and it sounds like they are going to just gradually transition this, but the way they word it that way also makes me think that they've been feuding for so long that I have a feeling this gradual transition is already coming to a close, so I don't think it'll be much longer before TOO gets to finally have their comeback. CJ will solely manage TOO going forward because these two companies just could not reach an agreement about how they could negotiate and divvy up their management responsibilities. Number five, I'm really excited to share this story, and if it was one of those traditional yay or nay episodes for me, I would definitely make this the biggest yay. Monsta X has been offered the chance to be on the new season of Kingdom, which is a spinoff of the Queendom show where famous girl groups competed against each other. The boy group version is coming very soon, and Monsta X was invited to be a part of it, but they turned down the offer. I'm still very excited to watch the show. Stray Kids and SF9, as of recording time, are not confirmed, but are rumored to be joining the cast. I think it'll be a chock-full lineup without Monsta X, but the reason why I'm so excited about this is because... As a Monbebe since the early days, I saw them on the reality show No Mercy come together, and I saw how much they were frustrated, but they felt like they had to. It was their breakthrough show. I mean, they've literally said time and time again in interviews that their No Mercy days were hell broadcasting. They just were so miserable during No Mercy, hence the name of the show. It was really quite cutthroat, and... They were just, you know, very lucky to thrive after the show, and, and that's not often the case. So 
Anyway, it can really dampen someone's spirits to be on one of those reality shows where it's very blunt when you've done a bad job and it's it's not there's no sugarcoating your experiences there. So I'm just so excited as a fan for them to see them be able to get this far because they went from feeling compelled to go through all of that and it was probably even more miserable than we realized for them because that's just the amount of miserableness we were able to see on TV and hear about in interviews. Imagine what they can't tell us that happened behind the scenes. So they went from feeling like they had to go through all of that and for their hard work to pay off to seeing their hard work pay off and their status rise so much that they got to turn down No Mercy. They, instead of No Mercy judges basically having them in the palm of their hands, now Monster X is in charge and they can say, no thank you, I turned down your offer. And Monster X has that power now. It's just, I bet that must have been a very cool moment for them to decline this offer. I can totally picture them feeling very smug and they deserve to in this moment. It's funny too because the official statement confirming that they declined the offer said, after lots of discussion, they decided not to go forward. And I just remember like snorting when I heard that because, yeah, after lots of discussion, I'm sure they really seriously considered going back to that reality show format. There's no way. So... Congrats to them just for feeling free enough and confident enough to turn down the offer. But I'm still rooting for the show Kingdom, don't get me wrong, and I hope that they just treat all the artists well regardless of who it is. Number six, the APAN award show wins are finalized. We talked about a few of them earlier because the winners were sort of kind of announced, but not officially beforehand. This was an award show that was set to take place during award show season for... Korean artists in the Korean entertainment industry back in November, but it was postponed due to COVID, and now it was held January 24th, and it ended up being remote anyway, but I guess they wanted to just see what would happen if they waited, and maybe could do a live format more, but it didn't have the live audience back, like they probably hoped to wait out for. Anyway, so the show did go on, and now all of the winners have been announced and finalized. Artist of the Year went to NCT 127, and Best Icon went to NCT. Best Music Video went to Blackpink. Best All-Rounder went to GOT7's JB. Album of the Year went to Twice. Song of the Year went to Monsta X. Best K-Trot went to Jane Ming-Ho. BTS won the Big Grand Prize. Treasure and Hin both won the New Wave Award. Kim Jae-Hwan won for Best Vocalist. Kane Daniel won for Best Performance, and he won the Season Star Award. For Choice Global Hallyu Star, Ace won. For Choice New Focus, Lean Alchi won. For Choice Best Trend, Ha Sun Woon won. For New K-Pop Icon, We I won. For the Idol Champ Fan Picks, IU, Kane Daniel, BTS, Eyes won, Seventeen, and Blackpink. Lastly, for Idol Champ Entertainer, the winners were Park Ji-hoon and Chu from Luna. Story number seven has to go to BTS. BTS made an announcement the other day about a deluxe edition of their album Beak, February 19th, and the pre-order period has already started, just an FYI. First of all, it's so funny because the other day I was thinking about BTS has been quiet lately. Too quiet. What are they up to? And if you're not an ARMY, that may sound ridiculous, but... For BTS ARMY, we are so used to getting spoiled with content. Like, every day or every week, there's always new stuff from them. And so if we go even, like, 48 hours without hearing from them, 
or getting a YouTube rele- video release or a post on social media or just anything, it feels weird. It feels like, where are you? What, you, what are you guys up to? And that's just how much they update ARMY about what's going on in their lives. Not even always just promotional stuff, but we get an update of some form. And now it makes sense why Namjoon didn't do an album review for Be It or anything because he was waiting for this deluxe edition to come out. Now the secret has been revealed and we're getting the deluxe edition in mid-February. Big Hit Entertainment's statement said, quote, During 2020, BTS was able to experience the heartfelt and enduring care and affection of fans around the world, even as we all faced a year of a new normality. Number one on the Billboard Hot 100, a nomination for the 2021 Grammy Awards, at every milestone were the resonance and passion of the fans of BTS for the thoughts, feelings, and inner reflections contained in their music. With B Essential Edition, we hope to show the deepest of appreciation. We hope that BTS together with all fans will continue on their remarkable journey in 2021. On the Digital Weavers magazine, there was a story the other day about how it was actually BTS's idea to film their live reaction when they were watching the Grammy nominations roll in, and that was really touching to think about. They truly wanted to make sure that ARMY saw that moment and shared that moment with them, and if you still haven't convinced someone what the big deal is about BTS, I would direct you to that kind of story. It's like we are like their friends. They're like, hold on, I gotta, you know, catch so-and-so up to speed about this. It's like we gotta catch ARMY up to speed about what's going on, or we want to share this special moment with ARMY, and so they do that, you know, even if it requires, you know, it sounds like they were extra apologetic for making a camera crew work late at night or early in the morning, whatever weird hour it was that the Grammy nominations came in for them. They want to keep the connection alive with ARMY. That's what Big Hit Entertainment was founded on, is that thought of connection and healing through music and relationships. It's just me blabbing about how great they are and how much they make the fandom feel special. And this essential edition of their album is no different for them. Story number eight, an iconic rock star in Korea is now under police investigation. The former lead singer of the band Dolgukwa, Jun In Kwan, had cops come to his house on January 20th. The reason cited was property damage. Apparently, I don't know if they came to his house months later for a separate incident or for some reason just didn't follow up for months about an incident that happened late last year, but they came to his house about some sort of property damage. Long story short, his neighbor had built their house and remodeled it to be a bit taller. So he claims it started obstructing his view then and he was really mad at his neighbors. So he threw a roof tile at them. That's the accusation out of anger over this view obstruction. And his defense, I would be nervous if I were his lawyer because his defense was, it wasn't a roof tile, it was a rock. And that's not exactly what they want you to say. They'd probably prefer him to say he never threw anything, but he says it was a rock. And he refuses to settle as well. He will go to court over this, I guess, unless he backs down. And I have a feeling his lawyer might talk him out of going to court over this because I don't think he would have a fighting chance, really. But that's just my opinion. He plans to file a complaint against his neighbor now for all of his trouble. So I don't know if that means he's suing for emotional distress or defamation or what, but he is trying to counter sue, basically. Story number nine. Trigger warning, I'm going to talk about a potential suicide situation. The rapper Iron has passed away. 
He was found unconscious in this apartment complex on January 25th. An apartment guard found him there and then called the police. The police found him, they took him to the hospital, and he died at the hospital later. The cause of his death was under investigation, but I don't know if that's still ongoing because a statement confirmed that they're not going to perform an autopsy. So I don't know if that means they are pretty sure it was a suicide or what. Worth taking into account in this picture as well is the fact that Iron was recently booked for assaulting a minor, so he was facing actual jail time for allegedly assaulting his former roommate. He got a suspended sentence earlier for dating violence in a different case in 2018, so suspended sentence meaning that he actually wasn't physically in jail yet, but he could have been and he may have narrowly escaped that yet again right now. So that is what, that's all we know so far, and I will give any developments in this case, I'll give you all updates if we find out anything different going forward. Story number 10 on a much more positive note. The KOMCA, which is a group that basically, it's a nonprofit that identifies key iconic songwriters that deserve certain amounts of songwriting credits every year, and they have officially announced their next slate of artists who are promoted from being considered junior members of the Songwriting Association to being senior members, full-time members. They only promote 25 junior members each year to full-time members, and 22 of those are considered coming from mainstream music, and others are from non-mainstream music as they describe it. It's a long, complicated process really about requirements, because first you have to be a member of the KOMCA for like three years or more, and you have to earn a certain amount of royalties based on the amount of times your the songs you helped contribute to are played and downloaded, etc., mixed with just in general directors' opinions and voting, so a lot of variables are taken into account to reach the final 25. But those members have finally been chosen, and now that they are officially full-time members, they get to actually join in on the voting next time. Congrats to all you now also join the ranks of Jay Park, Jiri Boy, RM, and J-Hope. The junior members that were promoted this year include Yoon and Mino from Winner, and Loco, Roy Kim. They all joined Paul Kim, J-Hope, RM, and others from past years. It's a special club to be in, so congrats to all. Those are the 10 big news stories of the week. Now some quicker rapid-fire headlines. Treasure is the new face of a local cosmetics brand, Manyo. Monsta X is the new face of a global cosmetics brand, Urban Decay. Super Junior has a new Kiss New York collab. It's a nail polish collection in honor of their 15-year anniversary which includes nine different styles in the set and 42 different nail designs. Jessica from Girls' Generation just opened up her own flagship store in Seoul, which is super exciting, and it also has its own restaurant on top of it, so it's a restaurant store combo that just opened up. Welcome back from the military to Dio from EXO. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Mark Lee for finally joining Instagram. Ace is the first K-pop group to join this app called Reface where you can swap faces with them. They say it as if there will be more idols joining it by saying that they're the first, but we'll see. Akmu has agreed to extend their contract with YG Entertainment. They signed a five-year renewal and they are very, very very complimentary towards YG, saying, quote, It's hard to find a company that supports artists as much as YG, which has led us to the direction we wanted to go without any conflict. We never thought about leaving YG unless we retire, unquote. Bobby from Icon released his second full-length solo album just earlier this week, and it topped the iTunes charts in 12 different regions around the world. 
the single from it, You Mad, reached the top of the iTunes charts in five different regions. I Use K-Drama Hotel de Luna, a huge hit from 2019, is being turned into a stage musical for 2022. I would consider this a yay on my list of yays or nays, but I also don't know enough details yet to get too excited about this, but I do think it will be an interesting musical adaptation for sure, and I will keep you posted on casting news and things like that. Some Blackpink updates. They will be on The Late Late Show with James Corden tomorrow, as of recording time, tomorrow, January 28th. They're going to sing the very first live US TV version of Pretty Savage, and they will also give a little sneak peek at what you can expect from their very first online concert, because their performance of Pretty Savage will take place in the special venue that has yet to be seen that they will be performing in for their first virtual concert coming up very soon. And I have an updated prediction about YG Entertainment's plans for the year, because Rosé's solo single is coming out earlier than I thought coming out very soon, and so my thinking is that with the news about Yoon from Winter finishing up his first full-length solo album finally, that will come out in March. My new predictions for the rollout plan is that Rosé and Lisa from Blackpink will both get their solo releases to come out in February or late January, before March, and then in March, Yoon will be the focus of YG Entertainment's promotions, and maybe ACMU again, but mostly focused on Yoon's promotions of the solo album. And then Blackpink will come back in the summer, I think. Jisoo's solo will probably wait till summer too, that's just my prediction, but we'll see, that's the tentative prediction I have yet again. Speaking of Blackpink, How You Like That is now officially the fastest K-pop girl group video to ever reach 750 million views. Last Blackpink update for today, congrats for them getting 100 million streams pretty savage. Treasures, the first star album series, collectively has now officially surpassed 1 million total sales. What super rookies. And you know from TVXQ is back with his solo EP Noir, which topped the iTunes charts in 18 regions around the world. It's only fitting to end this episode with more NCT news in honor of 127 Day. NCT Dream's Boom video and NCT 127's Kick It video have both surpassed 100 million views, and we need to stop and think about Kick It because that song was my everything in 2020 and still is. It's their fastest video to reach 100 million views, which is probably thanks to my 90 million views or something like that, no big deal, but honestly though, that song deserved even more than more love than it's getting. That to me, I'm, I'm trying to think of what songs were super iconic for someone. It was like a party in the USA was to everyone the summer it came out, or what problem by Ariana Grande and Iggy Azalea was to people when it came out. Like, Kick It is my problem. It's a problem how much I love it, and it's my problem as in my song-like problem. Anyway, I'm just trying to say that that song is great and deserves more, even more love than it's getting. So, congrats to them, and for the millionth time, happy 127 day, everyone. I am way too excited about this made-up holiday, but just be lucky that I'm not going on and on with bad NCT song title-themed puns on this show. I'll wait till the mic is off for that today. Lots more news about the music industry at large and Seventeen Talk is coming up, and just there's a lot more besides that to some episodes of the show that don't have a specific category or label. I've got a lot of unique random ideas up my sleeve for the show, so stay tuned for more from the show very soon. Thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow.